Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatech compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Marinero, the sick podcast. We've been talking about it all week. The Montreal Canadiens had three big games versus the Calgary Flames in four nights, a game on Friday, a game on Saturday, and a game on Monday. They played Friday. They lost by a score of 4-2. to two. They played on Saturday. They lost by a score of 5-2. to two. And that huge lead the Montreal Canadiens had on the Calgary Flames for the fourth and final playoff spot in the North is now cut down to four-point lead with the Canadians having a game in hand. If they lose on Monday in regulation, those four points go to two points. The Canadians have 10 games left in their regular season after the game against the Calgary Flames on Monday. They'll play Toronto four times. They'll play Winnipeg four times. They'll play Edmonton. uh, No, pardon me. They'll play Toronto four times, Edmonton twice, uh, Ottawa twice, and Winnipeg twice. So there you have it. Joining me right now on the SICK Podcast, is former Montreal Canadian, Mike Ribeiro. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. Yourself, Tony? Very well. You were so good, we decided to bring you back for the encore. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're smiling. I'm smiling. Everyone's laughing uh, because this whole thing has, has become a joke here. I mean, don't tell me that the Montreal Canadiens are going to blow it again. But, Mike, it's not good. And the Canadians had a good first period. But after that, it was all downhill from there. How'd you see the game? A little bit like you just said. I think they started really well uh, uh, all through the 20 minutes. The last minute of the period that caused them a goal in the breakaway or half breakaway. Uh, they were putting pressure. They were playing simple. And I think once the uh, Calgary scored their second goal, they kind of deviate from their game plan a little bit and stop putting pucks behind them and stop, uh, stop like, uh, sustaining forecheck. I think they did that well in the first period shift, like a few shift, three, four shift that they sustained time in the offensive zone that created chances offensively. And then they get caught at the end of the, the end of the period. I think that changed the game there uh, going in after uh, the first period, one, nothing, and you have momentum and you're playing well versus getting scored at the end of the period. And uh, now giving momentum to Calgary and they took advantage after that Montreal had a hard time getting back to their structure. And that's what happens when you lose leads is that you deviate from your game plan. And that's when it causes you even more. All right, Mike, let's talk about the decision to go with Caden Primo and goal. What do you make of it? 
I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Like it was a. This is one of the biggest weekends of the year at this point of the year. Uh, you had a chance to probably bury Calgary this weekend. Uh, you, you should have known that they were going to come out. Is that the right decision? I'm. I'm not sure. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Allen could have kept playing. I think. I think for me, uh, look at Calgary. Uh, they went back to back with him. I think he's been in the net in the last eight games in a row for them. Uh, they're pushing to make the playoffs, and I think. I think we would should have done the same thing as uh, until you're you have a position in the playoff. Well, you go with your top player, and uh, and I thought it like I would have put Allen to just keep going until until we're in the playoffs. All right, the news comes out before the game. Paul Byron out with a a lower body injury. Jonathan Drouin not feeling well. Uh, we found out yesterday that on his way to the rink he wasn't well. Um, not going to question the injury at all. Mike would never do that, but. Found it odd, you know, in the post game, a reporter asked uh, Dominic Ducharme yesterday, "Coach, what do you make of Jonathan Drouin having a headache before the game and not playing?" But uh, I don't know what to say anymore. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to uh, to understand. Yeah, I always wanted to play. It's a different league now uh, with injuries too. Uh, uh, you know, if you have a small injury, you want to rest it instead of keep playing. Uh, it's a different mentality a little bit with uh, with the league, but um, there's not no other reason for other players, you know, like uh, when you have a chance or given a chance uh, to take that chance to do something. And uh, uh, But I think Montreal is not really there, the problem right now. I think they're pretty solid in a lot of areas of the game, but I think uh, down the middle, they're still young. I think uh, uh, not enough experience to maybe push them to the next to the next step uh, you know the wings are pretty cover up uh, pretty solid your d's uh goaltending but i think down the middle uh i think with age obviously the experience will, will help them but at this point of the season or the year i don't think they're ready for uh for the big uh big challenge i guess it's a sick podcast marinero mike ribeiro brought to you by my bookie use code sick picks for a 50 percent deposit bonus bet win get paid Mike, I want to talk to you, like in the last couple of weeks, the Canadians have played the Calgary Flames four times. They've lost three of them. The only game that they won, a 2-1 win, signed Tyler Toffoli with his two goals and Jake Allen, who stood on his head. Dominic Ducharme keeps on saying, we made mistakes, unforced errors, and the Flames capitalized it. But the fact that it's always the Canadians making the mistakes and the Flames capitalizing and not vice versa leads me to believe two things. One, there is a lack of experience, and some players are making those mistakes. Suzuki, Kokinami, Romanov all made mistakes tonight. Two, it's also a rookie coach going up against a veteran coach, and it's the veteran coach's team who is not making those mistakes and the rookie coach's team who is. Is that fair or not? Well, it could be fair. Like, There's always a coach situation, right? You always look at coaches and how they manage their games. and. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, it's really how the, the players will uh, will show up. You know, I can give you the game plan and tell you what to do. But if you don't execute, once you go out there, I think it was the third goal. It's just a, like like what, what I said in the first period, they were putting pucks deep. On that situation, there's a puck turnover. It goes back to Suzuki. He just throws it back to kind of a regroup. It's, uh, I think, Petrie. Petrie skate. It's in the back of your net. I don't know if it's a lack of concentration, but or there's something like, what do you want the coach to do in that situation? You know, like yeah. there's really nothing like, okay. The only way is like, 
in the first, Suzuki would have put that deep. Yeah. You know, that, that was their mentality. It was just put it deep and let's go force them. And the second, after we lost the lead, was more like, let, let me create a play. Let me, let me make a play instead of letting the puck skate for you. And just, and just like I said, they went down to five Ds and just grind the game. But like I said, like you're going to play four games against those guys. You know, like you need to be more prepared. I don't know, as players, more than coaches. Um, you know, your power play gets you one that gets you kind of back in the game. But still, that was a that was a great play by Corey Perry. By the way, it's he's been doing that all season, all season down low. And, yeah, uh, and uh, that was a big goal. But that's I a set play, it. right, Mike? That's a set play. Yeah, that's a set play. He, he knows yeah. about it. The guy's coming uh, back post, and he just has to bump it, bump it to uh, to the back post. But I didn't think the power play like yet they, they had more chances before that to maybe create something, and not even create at the power plays, get momentum. Get some kind of shots that will create some kind of momentum, and and usually if you got a, a part player who doesn't co- score, but you have two three shots, it's the next shift or the shift after that you score. So, uh, but they got one. It doesn't matter what happened in the last ten games. They have one today, and now part player has to look forward for the next game to to get to get your big goals. It's a sick podcast. You can go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code six fifteen. For 15% off on all of their items, all officially licensed sports apparel, including hoodies, Mike. I still have to send you a hoodie. Since last time we spoke, I said I have to send you one. All right, okay. You know, you talked about the lack of experience. I mean, ultimately, look, if they fall short, you'd have to think that the biggest undoing, and and there's mistakes here and mistakes there and mistakes everywhere, but Kakanyemi and Suzuki, as good as Suzuki is, you talked about in the first period, and he gets you a big goal. He loses a big draw, and it goes to Milan Lucic, who scores on a quick wrist shot. Kotkaniemi, uh on on the on the fourth goal there, uh, he um, he loses the puck. Uh, yeah, well, even there, even on that play, I think I don't know. I think it's share, uh, number eight that pass it. There's no pressure on them. Like, there's no reason to throw down the middle. Like, you had time with it. Like, it's just like a rush play. That okay, the center obviously has to grab that puck. Doesn't. And next thing you know, it's down, it's in your net. But in the first period, it was simplified. Their place was just simple. It was no question. Is let's get the puck in the offensive zone and let's go after it. And it was long pass from the defensive zone to our guys across the red line to just tip it in. And it was simple. It was just put the puck behind them and let's force them. And they did that in the first period. And they deviate. They did that against Edmonton too. The first two periods in yeah. the first game, and that, it creates good gaps on the D's can jump in gap up on those forwards and Edmonton had nothing for two periods until in the third period for no reason we went from a 1-1-3 in the neutral zone to a 1-4 and just letting guys come in I think they deviate they need to learn how to play with the lead after two and how to come back I thought tonight maybe okay there's still 14-15 minutes left in this game it's 4-2 I thought they're going to come back there's teams that do that that like okay when we're down we need to react and get this win, and that's when you elevate your uh, your play. The Sick Podcast, Montrealers, are you tired of going to the gas station? Use Fuelit service, whether you're at home, work, or anywhere in between. Download the Fuelit Canada app, Fuelit, bringing gas to the 21st century. Mike, speaking of gas, it looks like the condensed schedule after the COVID break, it looks like these guys are running out of gas. Jeff Petrie was a minus three tonight. He was not very good. 
Corey Perry was great on that power play. Of course, we saw it. That was a set play, of course, uh, to the guy off the back post. But he was a minus four. There were a lot of guys that struggled. Sherrod and Weber down the stretch here have not been the same. Eric Stahl's game was a nightmare, with the exception of only his first game as a Montreal Canadian. Every other game has been a nightmare as a half. Talk to me about Eric Stahl. Talk to me about some of the older players. Does this look like a team that's running out of gas to you? Well, gas, it's hard to say gas. Like, everyone's playing the same amount of games, I think, right? Like, uh, Calgary played against you guys. They're going to play Monday. They're going to play Wednesday again. Like, it's just everyone's playing that. So the excuse of tire, like, some days, yeah, you're going to play back-to-back. Some guys will fill tire, some not. One other thing that I see is that there's no offense from the back end now. Like, there's zero offense, right? If you look at top teams in the league, their Ds are involved in the, in the play. Their Ds are creating offense for, for the teams that are on top. Uh, I think, I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw a D score from the, for, from the back end. So you need, you need everyone to, to, to gel, and they have 10 games to do it. Gs have, the Ds have to jump on the play. They need to trust each other, right, and, and stop looking around and go and go do it yourself kind of thing. And uh, uh, I think searching for answers you're just going to keep searching. I think you got to go and, and, and get the answer by uh, showing up in games, knowing there's 10 games left. And we need to, there's some guys missing. We need to work harder. It's pretty simple and smarter. It's just smarter. Yeah. And uh, it's costing us like, like the last three games, we're up or tie after the second period on the road. There's not much you can ask, but they, they crumble at the end or yeah. div- they deviate Mike. from the game plan. I think the first two months of the season, they had most points by their defensemen of any team in the National Hockey League. In the last month of this season, they have the least amount of points generated by their defense. Gustafson came in on Friday night, and he came in on Saturday night. And on Saturday night, on the two Canadians' goals, everyone's talked about him being a defensive liability when they acquired him. But on the two Montreal Canadians' goals, he picked up two helpers. You can tell how much they need an offensive defenseman, a puck-moving defenseman, a guy who can generate points because, look, Gustafsson is leading the charge now, and he's the only one. Yeah, like I said, it could, like these are part of the offense now. It's a five-man unit, and you'll see, like, there's no really three-on-twos anymore in this league. It's four-on-threes. Guys are back-checking. So you need those these to jump into play and create offense for you or bringing the puck up the ice and creating a play, and it's not happening right now. And a lot of times when you're not, it's not going well, you don't want to push it. You want to force it and then you get caught. And then, so you're kind of stuck in between right now. But I don't think it really matters anymore what happened. Uh, there's 10 games left, like you said. It doesn't matter what happened for the last 40, 40 games or 46 games. It's really the guys have to dial in and, and, and decide which kind of game we're going to play. Yeah, but Mike, like- I, I know earlier on you said, hey, listen, the coaches give the players the game plan and then the players have to go out and they have to execute. I get all that. But to you, Mike Ribeiro, is it normal that when the Canadians relieve Claude Julien of his duties, a guy who's got you know almost 20 years coaching in the National Hockey League, his associate coach, Kirk Muller, who's been coaching in the league for about 15 years, and they replace him with Dominic Ducharme, who had never coached a game in the National Hockey League as a head coach, and Alex Burroughs, who had never been an assistant in the National Hockey League at all, you think it's normal that they went from that amount of experience to very little experience when they needed it most? Don't you think the fact that they are inexperienced as a coaching staff is hurting them? 
Like right now, I watch them. They don't look like they have the solutions, Mike. So, yes, it can hurt. But I don't think at the beginning of at the season with all the moves you made that you ever thought you're going to fire Julian. I think like with all you move that you bring in those those guys to get their group to get moving forward. And then it kind of happens at the beginning of the year and everyone's like, okay, everything's fine, right? We got the right moves. We got the right players. And then, oh, you lose five, six in a row, then you're done. And then you're stuck. You're like, okay, I got to fire my coach, right? And you fire him, but then you're like, okay, wait. A lot of times in the middle of the season, it's the assistant coaches just replaces. Look at Dallas. Was it Dallas last year or the year before? Or a lot of yeah. times. Or a lot of Bonus times when, taking over Montgomery, yeah. So a lot of times when coach gets fired during the season, will be an assistant that already know the group, that yeah. already have the plan going forward. And like you got to win now. So to bring a new coach that didn't know the guys, didn't know really the game plan that close it's a kind of a mix that like that Dusham is using right now and you can see it on the power play too like guys are not scoring right now because they're thinking it's new system it's a new uh breakouts it's new end zone so now you're thinking about the plays you practiced two days ago and you're not it's not automatic so you're late you're late because you're thinking so obviously there's a lot of change but at this point you have to see if they make the playoffs you never know but if yeah. they don't make the playoffs knowing that you're in for a while, that can have a lot of changes this summer, right? Yeah, and and you know what? Another assistant coach that took over a couple of years ago, of course, was Barube taking over from Mike Yo. But once again, I get back to the point, though, right? When Rick Bonus takes over, you're looking at a coach that has over 20 years' experience in the league. Yeah. When Craig Barube takes over for Mike Yo, you're looking at a coach who's been in the league for a long, long time with several organizations. Dominic Ducharme is raw. Look, Claude Julien had nine wins, Mike. And nine losses. He was there for 18 games. Dominic Ducharme has been coaching for 28 games. He has 11 wins and yeah. 17 losses in those 28 games. Mike, I know you're not in the locker room, so you can't really answer that part of it as to whether or not the guys that tuned out the coach or not. But when you look back now, the coaching change clearly hasn't paid dividends. So I would ask you, Mike Ribeiro, did the Montreal Canadiens make a mistake? in relieving Claude Julien of his duties and putting Dominic Ducharme to take over? Yes or no? Well, it's a good, that's a good question. If you look at, yeah, like you said, the team didn't change. You expect the change, uh, a growing change as you move forward. It didn't happen. Uh, can you look back and say right now if he made a bad move? I think we'll have to wait until the end of the season. But right now, like you said, the, the, the winning percentage, Claude was even. So yeah, it might look like a bad change, but uh, like I said, that's that's a tough one to, to like for the GM to make. He made that yeah. decision, but it didn't move forward. But like I said again, you cannot. It's all like I coach too, so I played and then I coached. You know, U eighteen and uh, and a lot of times you're like, hey, I just told you the shift before to not do that, and they're still doing it, right? So okay, I how about this though? How about this? Though? But I understand that yet there's no experience. Yeah, for maybe older guys too. Sometimes you're like a coach that played already or that has a lot of experience can have a different. You can have a different view of the coach, right? Yeah. So a coach that never played, sometimes some guys will be like, eh, you know, the message doesn't go through as if uh, uh, a veteran coach or a Quinville would have come here. Or, yeah. You know, like I think the message might come different to a hero of a player. 
How about this? How about, uh, listen, we all know that uh, Kirk Muller's power play was not overly convincing. The results weren't great in the time that he was there as the associate coach. But Kirk Muller is a guy who played, played a very important position, which was center, uh, was part of a Stanley Cup winning team, of course, in 1993. And the Canadians are, are hoping that Nick Suzuki and Jesperi Kakanyemi take two steps forward. Both of them centermen. Also have Jake Evans, who plays center, who has not does not have a lot of NHL experience. How much do you think it hurts that these young center icemen don't have anyone who played center that can lead them or help them in that regard? Does that hurt? Well, yes, I think it will hurt. I think you need someone to teach them the game. You never stop learning the game, right? Even when you're playing. Someone like Mike Ribeiro? Someone like Mike Ribeiro will help them come out of yeah, this club. That's another inexperienced coach, though. I know, but the problem, the thing, the difference is that I I was coached by real coaches. Like I, my first coach, right? It was Alain Vigno. Had like was really Dave Tippett. That they're still coaching. Had uh, uh, Terry. I got Claude Terry. I got um, Laviolette. I got Adam Oates. Michel Terry, not Claude Terry. I no, I had Claude, uh, Claude Julien and Michel Terry. Yeah, Claude Julien. Yeah. Vigneault, yeah. Michelle uh, Terry and Claude Julien, Claude Terry, same thing. Same thing. I had Laviolette, so I had really good coaches, right? So, uh, yes, I've been listening. I've learned, even like when I went to the minors, uh, Dean in uh, Minnesota, too, I learned some face-off plays that he had. So I've been learning since I started playing. Who is that? Who is that in the minors? Dean. Uh, Dean Everson? Yes. Okay. He, he was in Milwaukee, and I still learned some face-off plays. A different perspective from a different coach. So I've been grabbing whatever is good from every coach and keep it for myself. <laughs> okay, no, but so all kidding aside, then having said that, do you think you can help them? Even right now, as raw as you are? Well, power play, there's there's no doubt in my mind that I can help them. And even though power plays have changed, some some of them have changed to the flank. They like those guys off wing shooting. Uh, and that's okay. But you need to change the bots or the diamond of the, the penalty kill. And by going from half wall to those shooting flanks, you change the positioning of the defensive box. And now you can create uh, lanes. Oh, yeah. If it's a power play, I think I can help right away. Listen, you, you still hold hope. And I know, I know you played with Shea Weber. And I know you like him a lot personally. And we all get it. He does have a cannon of a shot. But it almost seems like. Every shot is getting blocked. If it's not getting blocked now, it's missing the net. Like, you realize how many Montreal Canadiens fans don't want to see Weber on the power play anymore? As crazy as that would sound, like, before the season would start, if I would say, oh, no, no, we don't want to see Weber on the power play, everyone would say, well, you crazy. He's got one of the hardest shots in the league. It's really tough watching Weber on the power play. What would you do with him on the power play? Well, he's a shooter only. So he's not he's not a guy who's gonna like if you make a bad pass, he's gonna grab that puck and make a make a play out of it, right? He's really there just standing to shoot. You gotta create space for him to shoot because he's not Ovechkin. He's not Stemkos. He's not a guy that is mobile like that, that can move and go down and up. You gotta he, he has to be a shooter only. But how how do you want if if he's the guy who's you're gonna get your first shot, you have to create space from him. How are you going to create space from him? Is to moving the box lower on the right side to create space on the left side. So if you really want, he, he got a few shots today, but he got blocked. He got two blocked, one one wide or something like that, right? But if it's that that you want, well, then you have to create space for Shea because Shea is not Ovi. 
And it's not a Stemco. Is that even if you make a bad pass, you can grab that puck, take two step, and wrist it in. That's not Shea. So it has to depend. I thought they did okay. They had three righties, two lefties uh, on on uh, on that power play with Weber. But Weber's not a mobile player. He was never a mobile player. He's a strong, big defense with a big shot. Mike, I, I know we'll have a better answer after Monday night's game versus the Calgary Flames. The Canadians are four points up on the Flames. The Canadians have a game in hand. If they win, they go in regulation, they go to six points up. If they lose, they only go to two points up. And then there's 10 games left for the Canadians and nine for Calgary. Mike Ribeiro, I ask you right now, following the Canadians' 5-2 loss versus the Calgary Flames, yes or no, do you think the Canadians are going to make the playoffs this year and why? <laughs> Wow, that's a good one too. I, I, in my mind, they they are going to make the playoffs. But after I just heard you say the teams they're going to play to finish the season, four times Toronto, two times Winnipeg, two Edmonton, and two Ottawa. Those three teams above them right now are getting ready for the playoffs. They're gaining momentum. They're playing better. Um, I don't know Calgary's schedule or Vancouver, but. I don't think I, it's like right now for me, it's 50 50, even less. I'll give them 40 60 right now, chance to make the playoffs. 40 60, the Canadians' chance to make the playoffs after Monday's game. After you said after Monday's game, though, you told me, yeah, okay. So if they lose Monday, then you would give them 40 percent chance, yeah. All right, okay. Uh, Dominic Ducharme, is it is it too late? Like, does he need to go iron fist here and to start sending some real? solid messages to guys or at this point does he just have to put his confidence in guys even if they're not bringing it there's 10 games left i don't know if you want to shake up your room like that you got to wait like monday especially that's the biggest game of the year and uh, you need to respond from the guys but to start putting guys in the stands or i don't think it's the right timing right now to do that i don't know if they could do it with the cap anyway and all or, that stuff. yeah like, i think you, you need to demand your players to like wake up like you only have 10 games now. There's no more excuse if I'm tired. There's, it should not be your mental, like your mental preparation, your focus should take your, like your, uh, your, your fatigue away. You should I, be so dialed in yeah. that, that you're not tired. And if you Mike, lose, you go short, I believe if they send Primo and I'm not sure, but I believe that if they send Primo to the taxi squad uh, and, and bring Lindgren up uh, to the team, that at that point they could put Cole Caulfield in there. Is it would it be the same situation of spotting a young player in an important game like they did with Caden Primo tonight if they bring up Caulfield, or is it completely different? You know, this team could use a guy who could score goals. They could use help on the power play. Uh, would you give the kid a shot? I I think they're they better do it soon. Like okay, practicing is not playing. So yes, he's been practicing. What he went down for a few games, scored. This kid is on the highest of confidence he can be. You cannot be higher than him right now. He's like, even in practice, that kid's like, he's scoring. He's, he's in in his mind, right? Yeah. If you don't use him now or soon, like, I think Canadians are waiting to have a spot. That's what they do usually with young guys is once you're in the playoffs, then you can have those last three games to like give a chance to a kid to see what he can do. Yeah. But this kid, is confidence is higher than that. Like he cannot be higher than that right now. And if you don't put him now or in the next fucking sorry next week, then when when are you going to squeeze him in? You're going to wait until you're off the playoffs, out of the playoffs. Because now 
like I said, after Monday, it's squeezed in. Now, do I have a chance to put him in? Wow. Then they'll tell you they couldn't get him in so far because they have a cap situation, which is yes. crazy when you think of it. That this is the most their money could buy and the best their money could buy, and they're suffering to actually make the playoffs. Mike Ribeiro can't wait to watch Monday night versus the Calgary Flames. You and I will continue to do this. I'll get you back on the Sick Podcast. You can listen to it on all social media platforms and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Sick Podcast. Mike, I'm sending you a selfie stick and a hoodie. No problem. Thank you. Email me your address. Take it easy. That's Mike Ribeiro. I'm Marinero, the Sick Podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid.